RBFBs are related to self-grooming, anxiety management, or sensory stimulation. The most common are hair pulling, skin picking, nail biting, skin biting, teeth grinding, and then there's something called tongue biting as well. So what are the strategies that we can use to stop or at a minimum lessen these repetitive body-focused behaviors? Thomas Edison, Richard Branson, John F. Kennedy, Mozart, Michael Jordan, Will Smith. That sounds like a list of highly successful titans in a variety of vocations. Why is it that we rarely hear that they have or had ADHD? And you know what we hear even less about? Serena Williams, Emma Watson, Mel Robbins, Whoopi Goldberg, Agatha Christie, Aaron Brockovich, Cher. Yeah, the successful women navigating ADHD. And that's exactly why I started this podcast, ADHD for Smartass Women. I'm your host, Tracy Atsuka. I'm a lawyer, not a doctor, a lifelong student, now a coach. I'm also the creator of Your ADHD Brain is A-OK, a system that helps people like you figure out what they should do with their life. And we're here today to talk ADHD, your strengths, your symptoms, your workarounds, and how you proudly stand out instead of trying to fit in. I credit my ADHD for some of my greatest gifts. And you know what? I spy a happier life for you too. So without further ado, a shiny new episode is starting now. Hello, I am your host, Tracy Otsuka. Thank you so much for joining me here for episode number 166 of ADHD for Smartass Women. Again, I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter over at tracyoutsuka.com. My purpose is always to show you who you are and then inspire you to be it. And in the thousands of ADHD women that I have had the privilege of meeting, I've never met a one, not one, that wasn't truly brilliant at something. So the subject that we're going to talk about today is so weird, and it's just kind of embarrassing. You know, I hate admitting this publicly, but since I was a kid, I have struggled with a number of repetitive body-focused behaviors, or RBFBs. The worst part of all of it, though, was I didn't even know at the time I had ADHD. I mean, I haven't known, you know, for most of my life. And the thing is, even if I would have known I had ADHD, I don't think I would have ever known that these weird habits, which really are not habits, were because of my ADHD, so that they were comorbid with ADHD. So let's back up just for a second, and I want to tell you what repetitive body-focused behaviors even are. And for the record, just so you know, I'm getting a lot of my information from Dr. Roberto Olivardia, who I know I've mentioned many times before. I think he is one of the leading experts in ADHD. He is so smart. 
and he's just so genuinely kind. And I say that from personal experience, but beyond that, he's also one of the few experts who really talks about the lesser known issues around ADHD, like body dysmorphia, especially in young men, the dangers of cannabis use for the adolescent brain, obsessive compulsive disorder, and repetitive body focused behavior. So uh, you'll hear me say RBFBs, and that is just um, my acronym, not mine. It's, you know, the world's acronym for repetitive body focused behavior. So Dr. Roberto Olivardia is a clinical instructor of psychology at Harvard Medical School. He also has a private psychotherapy practice where he specializes in the treatment of ADHD, body dysmorphic disorder, and obsessive compulsive disorder. Okay, so RBFBs are related to self-grooming, anxiety management, or sensory stimulation. For me personally, I feel like it's both anxiety and stimulation, meaning that when I do them, it's a way to manage my anxiety and maintain my focus or just kind of relax myself, calm myself down. So the most common BFRBs are trichotillomania, which is hair pulling. It can also mean, you know, that you're pulling out your eyelashes or your eyebrows. Dermatillomania, which is skin picking. Onychophagia, which is nail biting. Dermatophagia, which is skin biting. So I guess the inside of your mouth and, and maybe, you know, your hands are probably anywhere, right? Um, but normally when I hear ADHD women talking about it, it's the inside of the mouth. Teeth grinding or bruxism, which is teeth grinding. And then there's something called tongue biting as well. It's um, the Latin word is morsicatio linguarum. Gosh, I'm massacring this. Anyway, these are complex conditions that cause people to repeatedly touch their hair and body in ways that result in physical damage. And they feel like bad habits, but they're technically not habits. Look, we all do these grooming behaviors occasionally, right? Where we'll pull out a hair or we notice something on our skin and we'll kind of pick it or, you know, we'll bite a hangnail off, but they become a problem when they become excessive and they negatively impact our lives. This is also when people who suffer from body-focused repetitive behaviors will seek professional treatment. Now, although most of us with body-focused repetitive behaviors want to stop these behaviors, we can't. They feel almost addictive in nature, and sometimes we're not even aware that we're doing them until it's too late. And it usually starts with the desire to remove something like, oh, I don't know, a pimple on your face or hangnail, or you feel a little bump, you know, on your hand or your leg, um, a fingernail or a cuticle that's scratchy or it's lifting. And the thing about it is you can actually do physical damage to yourself, right? If you're picking your face, if you're chewing your cuticles or peeling your skin off your fingers, you're probably going to leave scars. You're going to make your skin look a lot worse. It's going to hurt, right? Because it can sometimes bleed. You're going to create bald spots and you're no longer going to have any nail beds if you're biting your nails down to the quick, right? And we know all this, yet for some reason, it is just impossible to stop. So experts estimate that approximately 3 million people struggle with hair pulling and picking at their skin. 
And it's been studied for a long time, but it's always been thought to be part of the OCD family. There are only, however, a few studies that have looked into body-focused repetitive behaviors in people with ADHD. So Roberto Olivardia believes that many patients who are diagnosed with OCD, they actually have ADHD, and he believes that ADHD predisposes us to developing these conditions. So a while back, I did a little poll in our Facebook group, ADHD for Smartass Women, and I was so surprised to discover that 77% of the women in our group who answered the poll reported that they struggled with body-focused repetitive behaviors. Like, again, I had no idea this was part of ADHD. And um, I hear from most women when they discover that, oh my gosh, this is ADHD, they had never heard of it either. And they've always wondered, like, why did I, why do I do these quirky things that are literally physically hurting me? You know? So Emily said this about her repetitive body-focused behaviors. I did When I did the little poll in the group, I also asked for some feedback. And so this is what Emily said. I remember pulling and twisting my hair in elementary school, so much that we used to cut knots out of my hair. Since puberty and acne, I pick at blemishes compulsively. I still do this, yay for mass. I also will pull my hair and pick at my scalp, this is so embarrassing to admit, mindlessly, usually when I'm bored while watching TV. The acne pore picking definitely gives me something to focus on. The mindless scalp picking, I'm not sure. Maybe it helps me focus on a boring TV show. It is something to keep my hands busy. The only way I don't do it is if I do something else while watching a show, like scroll my phone or clean or whatever. I've heard of people doing it while working to help them focus, but I never do it while working, maybe because I have a creative job that I get to hyper-focus on. Well, good for you, Emily. At least you've got that, right? Thank you so much for sharing that. So Fur offered this, I have dermatillomania. I pick on the skin of my face and around my nails and shoulders. It started as a conscious effort of making myself ugly, she puts that in quotes, after I was sexually assaulted. We are so sorry, Fur. I know I certainly am. After it happened, I picked on the skin of my legs until I had big wounds that would get infected. Now, years later, I always pick, unconsciously now, whenever I'm stressed or anxious. It seems to soothe me and reduce anxiety while I'm picking, but makes me feel quite guilty afterwards for not being able to stop. Rachel said this, medication makes mine worse. I've done the skin picking thing since I was a kid. Super interested to hear the workarounds other than just an iron will, because my legs can't survive the Louisiana summer without getting pockmarked with mosquito bites. You know, I've heard this many times before, but it seems to go both ways, right? For some, medication makes it much better. For others, medication makes body-focused repetitive behaviors worse. And I suspect for those of us who medication creates more anxiety, we are probably the ones whose BFRBs get worse. Diana offered this, skin picking has been a lifelong issue for me. Nail biting is another one, but it's not as severe. Unfortunately, stimulant medication can make this worse, and it has. I have to be mindful of what makes my skin heal so that I can get interesting spots to go away before I get going on them. I had terrible acne in college, which was a nightmare situation for my picking. Taryn offered this, 
I bite the skin on my fingers. I do it even when it gets bloody. If I can get more, I will. It's ugly. It burns sometimes when I wash my hands or I cook. I used to do it on all my fingers. Now I keep it mostly to my thumbs and my index finger. It's worse when I'm stuck in traffic or really stressed. It never stops. Amy says this, I twirl my hair around my fingers. Medication slows it down, or at least I catch myself doing it more when on medication. The only solution is to keep the hair short or to keep it in a bun on top of my head. I don't know if it's to keep my fingers busy or to feel the resistance of hair being pulled. It always happens when I'm driving or when I'm sitting in a meeting. Not while watching TV or at a performance or movie or if I'm doing a leisure activity. So it must be during times of truly nervous energy. Katie says this, I've always been a picker, diagnosed at 50 and taking medication. I recently started picking my scalp and I can't stop, usually when I'm driving or reading on my phone. At this point, I'm embarrassed to go to my hairdresser. Kasha offered... I've had health anxiety ever since I can remember, and I go through phases of frequently checking my body for lumps and tumors. When anxiety is high, I do it multiple times a day, even though I'm aware that it's anxiety. I still can't stop myself. Also, any kind of spot, scab, or ingrown hair will always get picked on as soon as I see it, and then I usually end up picking my skin for an extended period of time once I start. I've even gone so far as to hurt my skin with needles in order to extract an ingrown hair or a spot. I cannot leave it alone, even if it bleeds. Really not a pretty sight. Jamie says, I struggled with dermatillomania for years. It seemed to be the worst after I became a mom with hormones and anxiety of motherhood. And finally, Jessica offers, although it was way worse as a child, I still catch myself biting my nails and will pick scabs. Funny that I'll openly admit about the nails, but the scab picking is always embarrassing. Yeah, I get that. Um, for me, it's biting my nails, no problem, but I'm never going to admit in like, you know, <laughs> in public other than you all, um, about the, the skin picking part. So I bit my nails as a child and I think fairly like pretty bad, but then something happened around age 13 or 14. Maybe it was hormones and I just completely stopped. And I just have naturally really good, strong nails. So I always had long nails. And so from the time I was 13, I never bit my nails again. But as I grew into a teenager, I substitute my biting of nails for picking at my breakouts. And I always knew that I would look a lot worse, but I can't help but thinking that this was the skin picking that I did was another sign of perfectionism, right? I wanted the area to be flat. And so I would pick up my skin until it was flat. And I always wondered, why would you do this to your skin? Because it never looks better, right? To this day, I truly can't believe I don't have scars from doing this. Now, I rarely break out now, but when I do, it's the same thing. It's this weird obsession with not having any raised skin on my face. I don't pick at my body, thank God, just my face. God forbid, maybe the body would be better. So I remember my parents used to tell me to stop picking my skin, that the reason I had breakouts was because I was picking at my face. And I knew at the time that I wasn't the one creating the problem because I only picked at my skin when there was already a breakout to begin with. 
But I remember this one time when it was especially bad, and that was when I was waiting for my bar exam results. I was so anxious and I was so nervous that I picked at my skin so badly that I couldn't even go out without a pound of makeup on. And even then, I looked terrible. So it was interesting to me that when I was prescribed ADHD medication for the first time, which was now, oh, I don't know, about six years ago, that, you know, the stimulant medication, it was, uh, first they tried me on Adderall, that made me totally anxious, the Ritalin made me equally as anxious, and when I started to get anxious, I started to pick at my cuticles and the skin around my nails. I had never done that before, but... Once I finished my medical trials, which you all know, if you follow this podcast, were not successful, my anxiety did get a lot better. But these repetitive uh, body-focused behaviors, they did not go away. So now they'll disappear for months, and then they'll just come back. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why they come back, when they come back, they just come back. The only thing that I've noticed is that they start up again and they get a lot worse if I drink coffee. So caffeine really affects them. Caffeine's a stimulant, right? And I know that caffeine and the ADHD brain are supposed to play well together, but unfortunately that doesn't work for me. It just makes me super anxious. So this is embarrassing to even be, you know, talking about, but since I know that it's a subject that a lot of you can relate to because we talked about it before, um, yeah, I figure it's only fair that I share my side too, right? So why do we struggle with body-focused repetitive behaviors? Well, first of all, we have ADHD, right? So that means that we have poor impulse controls, right? We have impulsivity. It's harder for us to control our behavior and not act on our urges, And we hear this from the comments that I just read, right? We want to stop, but we can't. It's our impulsivity. As I'm sitting here talking, I'm thinking, I'm really curious to learn if hyperactive impulsive types have more problems with body-focused repetitive behaviors than inattentive types who are more in their head, right? Um, And I think it's that we're stimulated by the behaviors and likely then to pop into hyperfocus when we are partaking in the behaviors and then we can't stop. I've noticed that I'm much more apt to pick at my skin when I'm trying to focus. So when I'm studying, when I'm writing, when I'm reading, I notice that it's worse for me. So in this way, body-focused repetitive behaviors, they elevate our dopamine levels in the brain because, again, they're stimulating. We get an immediate reward when we engage in them. And then, as I mentioned, there are those of us who, when on medication, our repetitive body-focused behaviors, they just get worse or they can even begin. You know, I shared that that's what happened to me, right? Any medication that creates anxiety, actually, now that I'm sitting here talking about it, I remember that Before I was diagnosed with ADHD, I was told that I had a thyroid problem, which was completely untrue. There was nothing about me that would indicate a thyroid problem. But um, I was prescribed Cytomel, which um, I've read is a metabolic stimulant. And that actually made me hyper. I had never really suffered from any kind of anxiety. I always made jokes about I create anxiety in other people. I don't have anxiety. But once I was on that Cytomel, that's when, you know, anxiety just kind of came to the surface and it was something new that I had to deal with. And then right after that, when I was diagnosed with ADHD, I was put on stimulants, right? Adderall and Ritalin. And that is when um, my 
repetitive body focus behaviors just started to get a lot worse as far as picking at my hands because I'm looking for an outlet, right, to reduce that anxiety. So what are the strategies that we can use to stop or at a minimum lessen these repetitive body focus behaviors? The first one, which supposedly gives the best results, is called habit reversal training or HRT. So what you're doing in HRT is you're finding another action to replace the repetitive body focus behavior with. So you look at when did this start and what are the triggers? Do I, you know, pick my skin or bite my fingernails when I'm upset? Do I do it when I'm bored or when I'm really trying hard to focus? So you're developing an awareness around what triggers it. Then what you do is you look at how often you're engaging in it and you come up with some ideas of what you can replace this action with. And you would, of course, do this with a therapist. Cognitive behavioral therapy, on the other hand, it's basically HBT as well. So the therapist helps their client identify their thoughts and behaviors regarding their relationships, environment, and life so that they can learn how to influence those thoughts and behaviors for the better. So said another way, in CBT, what you're doing is you're examining your negative thoughts and you're questioning if they're even true. Are they based in reality? Then you're replacing no, those negative thoughts. They can also be negative behaviors, right? That aren't even based in reality with healthier behaviors, thoughts, or thinking patterns. Then the third option is there's mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. This is also known as MBCT, which is basically cognitive behavioral therapy, but you're pairing it with meditation, breathing exercises, and other elements of mindfulness. With mindfulness, what you're trying to do is control the body's automatic responses. So what you're doing is basically adding that somatic element. You're teaching yourself how to get into your body and out of your brain, how to stop the overthinking, right? You're teaching yourself how to calm your own nervous system down. So they're all three very similar. And for that reason, I suspect that other somatic therapies like tapping and hypnosis, that they might work as well for these repetitive body-focused behaviors. Then the second thing that we can do is called cognitive behavioral therapy. You know what that is. I talk about it all the time. It's basically like habit reversal training. And then there's also mindfulness training, right? They're all three very similar. You want to develop an awareness of what you're doing, pause, before you start doing that negative behavior and think of things that you can do that you have ready to replace the negative behavior with a positive behavior. So all three of those things are very similar. And again, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm really curious if tapping or hypnosis might not work for this as well, you know, more of the somatic therapy, since what we're trying to do is get more into our body, out of our head. And when we're in our body, we're more aware of what it is exactly that we're doing. Now, apparently there are also medications that might work, but they really should be an adjunct to behavioral therapy. There's antidepressant medications like Prozac, which increases serotonin levels in the brain. There's opioid antagonists that target dopamine pathways. And all of this is fine if you already have to take these medications, but I can't imagine taking medication 
especially these kinds of medications, unless your repetitive body focus behaviors are really severe. There was also a study found that NAC, which stands for N-acetylcysteine, that NAC really helps with the skin picking and the hair pulling and the nail biting. So it's an amino acid supplement. And I'll tell you that both my son and I have tried this without success. But keep in mind, very little works on either one of us. I do know several ADHD women who have commented to me that they've had a lot of success with NAC. So I would think that that would be a great um, supplement to try and see if it works. Now, if there's trigger situations like driving, you can do things like you can make sure both of your hands are on the steering wheel, or you can have a fidget toy to put in your hands, you know, to keep your hands busy. Fidget cubes are perfect for people who engage in repetitive body-focused behaviors because, again, you're keeping your hands occupied. Now, let me go through some of the workarounds that our members recommended. So Diana said, the number one key for me is taking care of my skin and preventing things worth picking in the first place. I have Skeeter syndrome, which means um, she has a severe reaction to mosquito bites. And that means that she scratches and she inevitably stabs, which means sores that stick around way too long because of my picking. Hydrocortisone cream and Zyrtec are my best friends when mosquitoes start coming out. I wonder, Diana, if you've tried, I don't, I can't remember what it's called, the mosquito. It's this little, um, it almost looks like a syringe. And what you're doing is you put the syringe looking thing on the bite and then you push it down and it's supposed to suck the venom out so that you're less likely to get bumps. I'm curious if you've tried that. I can't remember what it's called, but I will find it and I will um, attach it to the show notes. Okay. Someone also told me that, and I can't remember who it was, that she was picking on her nails and cuticles because she was anxious when she was driving and her best workaround was wearing really thin gloves. So as long as she put gloves on before she got into the car, she was totally fine. And that was really the only time that um, she found herself picking at her nails, biting her nails, picking at her cuticles. So Michelle offered this. I'm a bit of a skin picker. The best fix for me is to have fake nails as they are too dull to pick or scrape any bumps flat. Also, they keep my cuticles intact. Um, This would be great if you're a nail biter as well. Yep, Michelle, this works for my daughter. She doesn't like to wear them, but when it gets really bad, she will, um, it's almost like it resets her, right? She'll she'll do the fake nails for a short period of time, and then when she takes them off, she's, she's not biting them anymore. Jessica offers this. She covers scabs with Band-Aids so she can't pick them. I do this too, Jessica. The best Band-Aids, what I found, are the, you can't buy the cheap Target brands, but the Band-Aid brand Band-Aids, I don't know why, but they last so much longer. Although I just got to the point where I was constantly having Band-Aids on my thumbs and it's just so ugly, right? But I guess it's not as ugly as seeing the, you know, what I've scratched or bitten. Anyway, Catherine, this one is really interesting to me. She tells me that finger spelling in sign language really helps her. So she finger spells. So she basically uses sign language, right? And she finger spells every thought she has or every word that she hears. And this makes so much sense because, again, it's keeping her hands busy. You know, women have also told me, ADHD women have told me that they use sign language to help them remember things so they don't interrupt. So they'll be talking to someone 
and they want to respond, but they don't want to interrupt. So they'll hold the first letter literally in their hand of what they want to respond with. So I would hold an M if I wanted to respond, you know, by sharing a story about my son, Marcus, that's relevant to our discussion. And I, I just thought that was a really interesting way of keeping your hands busy so that you wouldn't be picking. Fran chews gum constantly to stop herself from messing with the inside of her mouth. She says that Orbit Bubble Mint is the best. Tracy, who bites her cuticle, says that it's something that you have to catch yourself doing because it happens without thinking. I use lots of hand cream and I keep clear coat on my nails to avoid the urge. She makes a point of doing everything she can to heal the dry skin around her nails, which is what distracts her and gets her started in the first place. She went on to say, I get premenstrual hormone-related acne now that I'm in my 30s. Thank goodness my full-blown acne lessened in my late 20s. But part of that was a change in my skincare routine, which manifests as the occasional fake-out pimple that is sore and feels like it should pop, but it won't. I have had to really train myself to understand that nothing is going to, I, I should say nothing good is going to come out of those, right? They disappear as soon as the hormone shifts again. And if I'm not careful, they're going to be a scabby sore before that happens. And then it's a race to get it to heal before my fingers can find it and ruin things again. That race is lost repeatedly for weeks before the sore spot ever smooths over enough to stop me from picking. I'm going to offer one more um, potential workaround. So my son has bitten his nails as long as I can remember. Prior to COVID, they were literally bitten down to the quick. I mean, it just looked so painful. But he also happens to be a bit of a germaphobe. So the minute COVID hit, what happened is he no longer put his fingers in his mouth and overnight his nails grew out. He didn't bite them for over a year. And I think part of it was he had much less anxiety, right? Because school was now online. They were going really easy on the kids. It was the end of his senior year. And granted, there was a lot of stuff he missed out on, but there was also a lot less pressure. Now, he got through his first year of college, didn't bite his fingernails, but then once he changed his major to economics, he started biting them again. So 37 days ago, he downloaded the app Days Since. And apparently this app was created to help you break any bad habit. I think it was originally designed to help you stop smoking. Well, he hasn't bitten his nails in 37 days. And what he told me is that not breaking a streak is really effective for him. So I think that the Days Since app might be something you might want to try as well if you're trying to stop one of these repetitive body-focused behaviors. So I hope that this episode has helped you understand your repetitive body-focused behaviors. If that's one of your comorbidities, I was fascinated to discover what they were and that there was actually an explanation for some of the weird things that I did that I just could not understand. Anyway, that's what I have for you for this week. Oh, one other thing. I wanted to let you know that we are going to be running um, our five days to fall in love with your ADHD brain starting on March 25th. First, it's going to run for that week. It is entirely free, and you can sign up at tracyoutsuka.com forward slash I love my brain. Anyway, that is what I have for you for this week. If you like this episode, please let us know by leaving a review. 
Our goal is to change the conversation around ADHD, helping as many women as we possibly can learn how their ADHD brains work so that they too may discover their amazing strengths. And you know what? Your reviews really do help. As always, you're listening to ADHD for Smartass Women. Come join me over at tracyoutsuka.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you here next week. You've been listening to the ADHD for Smartass Women podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Outsuka, and we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Not coincidentally, ADHD for Smartass Women, it's also the name of our free Facebook group. We're a totally smartass community of successful, ambitious women who share our ADHD wins, questions, and workarounds. Join us at tracyoutsuka.com, where you can also find more information on our Your ADHD Brain is A-OK system. I spy a happier life for us, and I'll see you again next week.